Hello everyone! Welcome, welcome to my very first episode of my new podcast called Finally Faithful. This is a podcast created by me, Vicky V, in collaboration with God. And I'm just so happy that you're here and, you know, ready to listen to my story, my very long story. So, hope you guys are settled. I hope you guys have, have like some tea or something and are ready to uh, to listen because it's going to be a long one. <laughs> um, you know, there's so much to talk about. It's been a very long journey and I just, I want to share as much as I possibly can with you guys and just, I want you guys to just understand that it's not overnight and hopefully through all of this you will just gain a little bit more inspiration um about your journey with god so without further ado let's just jump right into it because again it's gonna be very long okay (laughs) so four years ago i started this walk with god this long uncomfortable yet beautiful walk and even though i have a great relationship with them now i started this podcast because i really wanted you guys to understand that i wasn't always filled with faith you know it's been a long journey like i said and um so much has happened within the four years if you knew me a few years ago I don't even know if you would actually want to hang out with me and follow me or follow me on social media, anything like that, because I was just a hot mess, you know. I'm not saying I was a horrible person, but I think, you know, I was still very kind and empathetic and I cared a lot about people I loved, but I was not a positive person, you guys, like at all. I had such a bad attitude. I mean, I still do a little bit depending on the situation, but I had so much anger and resentment built up inside from just certain things that had happened in my life and things that I didn't understand and things that I was so mad at God and the world about. I had a lot of emotional issues, you know, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I didn't trust people enough and I couldn't let them in fully. So friendships never got as deep as I always hoped they would and Whew, don't even get me started on men, okay? Because that is a whole nother topic and we ain't got the time yet. But just to be honest, I never thought that anybody deserved me. And I wasn't willing to give my heart and soul completely to someone who didn't put me on a pedestal. Like that was just plain and simple. Um, I always had my walls up and people only got to this surface level with me. I know I'm not the only one out there. I know a lot of people struggle with this, but... You know, all of those bad experiences, all of my bad experiences and being closed off really played a huge role in preventing me from getting closer to God and letting him in for so many years. Um, I was a huge project, you know, (laughs) I'm not even going to lie, but he knew that, you know, like God knows that, Um, but he never gave up on me. I didn't grow up Christian. Um, My family practiced a religion called shamanism, which is basically the belief of spirits in the afterlife. Um, Shamans are special people who had the ability to connect with spirits of loved ones and the supernatural. They were also considered healers and, you know, quote unquote, could predict the future. Now, I participated, but never truly followed it like my parents did. You know, we used to always have 
huge parties with relatives at our house where we would be blessed by a shaman through a ritual and he'd have this gong and do his thing and bless and protect the house against all evil and etc um you know this was the main religion of my culture the monk people and if you've never heard of a monk person spelled h-m-o-n-g please google it at your own leisure i plan to speak about the history on a later podcast for sure but for now simply put Hmong people are tribal people who descended from the mountains in China and settled in Southeast Asia. But we have our own language, traditions, and etc. You know, I was born in Thailand in a refugee camp called Ban Vinai, which I thought, which is crazy, like I thought this was just our little village in Thailand. Like this poor little rural village with no toilets, straw houses, dirt floors, all of that but come to find out years and years later that wasn't the case and i actually can't wait to talk about this in another episode because so much of my culture and what people have been through and what my people have been through what my parents and grandparents had to witness really gave me the resilience and fight that i've always had so when my family moved to the states we settled in milwaukee wisconsin and that's where i grew up so my childhood wasn't perfect Our family definitely had our own issues and I grew up seeing my parents fight like a lot to the point where knives were taken out on each other and ambulances were called, bags were constantly packed up and it was just a lot for a child to witness. Now regardless of those memories, I always knew that my parents loved us very much, like so, so much. They worked their behinds off every single day to give me and my siblings a good life. I mean, we lived in the hood most of my childhood, but man, my parents always made it happen. I don't know how, but you know, just as just as I'm sure many of yours did as well. You know, as I got older, my relationship with my parents became strained, as per usual with any normal teenager in the world. But my teenage years were really the beginning of my emotional state going downhill. You know, I mentioned that. I always knew my parents loved me, but see, one important aspect to that fact is that Asian households and Asian parents show love in a different way. Most of us anyways, you know, I didn't grow up in a lovey-dovey family. We didn't hug past the age of like six or seven. We didn't talk about our feelings or show emotions. I think I probably heard my dad say I love you once in my life and it was kind of indirectly said. My mom and I didn't start saying I love you until I was, I don't know, 24 maybe? And most of that is via text. (laughs) So that was just how it was. And I'm telling you all of this and I'm talking about my childhood because How I experienced love when I was younger really affected how I experienced love as I got older. You know, I never really felt it. So now fast forward to 16 and I find myself in what is a physically abusive relationship with this boy until I was 18. I can't even remember or recall the first time we got into an altercation but it was probably small no not small like that's making it sound like it was nothing but what started off as most likely a shake and a push turned into beating and kicking and 
although I knew it was bad, it still wasn't bad enough for me to leave because I had witnessed my parents go through all of that, right? Like countless, numerous times getting into fights and things getting crazy and my mom is still there. Now we're different generations and traditionally in my culture, women are expected to stay and be submissive through thick and thin. Even though my mom was is super sassy, she has so much attitude just like me, that's where I get it from. Regardless of all of that, she still stayed because her family was important and it was just a lot of face to lose, like they would say in our, our culture, that you're losing face, which is basically like people are not gonna respect you anymore um you know and so then i get into this abusive relationship and i stay no matter how bad it got and i'm not saying i was an angel because i really had an anger problem as a teenager as well i used to see red and would just lose it i would punch out punch walls and throw things scream and exhaust myself whenever i was angry i can't even comprehend who that girl was anymore and it makes me so sad to think about her it's just crazy thinking about how much anger i had in my heart and you know i remember this being such a dark time in my life and thinking how am i this young and experiencing this kind of rage what was going on inside that would make me allow all of this to happen to me And again, I didn't know love and I couldn't talk to my family about my feelings or what I was going through. So what was I to do? I was 16, you know. Eventually, I left that relationship. So I walk away and I find myself in yet another abusive relationship at 19 years old. You know, when I said that my last relationship was a dark time... It was nothing compared to this darkness that I felt. I was 19 years old with this boy. Our relationship had already been rocky and I decided at 20 that I was gonna move to Daytona Beach, Florida because this is where he wanted to be. So I packed up all my things and moved. Three months later, packed up all my stuff in Florida and came back home because there's just so much that happened down there. It was one of the loneliest times of my life. Like I literally had nobody there. I didn't have friends, I didn't have family. I just had him. And our relationship was just crazy. There were so many nights where we fought physically and we argued. I was dragged out the house one night by my feet, like so much. And I'm not gonna go into details in this podcast because I do want to talk about love and relationships and all of that in another one but just know that I was in a really dark place it was a horrible time and I had lost myself completely and I was just pretty much numb to everything so when I come come home and I'm back in Milwaukee Um, I think it was probably about a month before I had decided that, you know what, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to go to school in Chicago. So I applied to school. I started attending Roosevelt University 
and I was in Chicago. I was living my life. I was pledging, joining a sorority, working so much, traveling back and forth from Milwaukee to Chicago the first semester because I didn't have a place yet here every single day. Like, and I had 8 a.m. classes. It was just a lot. But so I think I was there for three years until three, four years maybe until I met my next boyfriend. And I was involved in my next relationship, which again was another toxic relationship. Go figure, right? Like, I thought that I was over all of this, and I thought that I had pushed out all of the traumatic things that had happened in my past relationship, but I really didn't. I didn't really deal with it. I just kind of pretended like, um, like it never happened, and that is not the way to address pain and anguish in our lives. I thought that I was strong enough to get past this by myself, and I believe that as long as I hit it really good and put on a big smile, that these emotions will eventually disappear by themselves. I mean, how hard can it be to forget about traumatizing events, right? You know, safe to say that carried on to my next relationship, and you know, it wasn't a physically abusive relationship, but it ended up being pretty toxic, and I was still so young. This was my first real adult relationship. Now we weren't even together for longer than seven months, but from the first time we met after the first date, we basically lived together and we were always with each other. He was 30 at this time. He had just turned 30 and I was 24. Um, and I just was consumed with him and I made my whole life about him. It was just, We were suffocating each other. This was the relationship that completely broke me and changed everything. This was the start of me deciding that I had to do something different. So one night I had went over and again, this is going to be a story for another time. But basically I went over there, we got into a huge fight. I was completely drunk, went home, tried to go to work the next morning and was still drunk from the night prior that's how bad it was and i just remember uncontrollably crying as i was sitting at my desk and i was just i couldn't even articulate like why i was crying to my manager and like my coworkers. i i didn't know i couldn't even say one word i was just crying and I was just so broken, so emotional, and so devastated at not just what happened with this boy, but I just kept thinking to myself, like, how how did I let this happen to myself? I think I couldn't stop crying because I just felt so sad for myself and for the girl who only wanted to be loved, but yet always felt like nobody wanted to love her. Like, no man wanted to love her and cherish her. They only wanted to abuse her and use her, then toss her out. And I was also dealing with trying to find myself again and get my life together. After college was over, I was struggling. Yeah, I was working a job I didn't like. I didn't feel like myself. It all built up and led to this point. And I think, you know, this absolutely was the breaking point. So I decided after this scenario that I needed to work on my heart and soul because I don't ever, ever want a man or anyone to ever make me feel like this again in my life. 
that was my vow to myself after this happened. So I started going to church in Chicago. Um, I started with my mentor, Lonnie Swang. We had been to this church a few times. Um, and to be honest, it was all very vain. Like, I'd go to look good or make it seem like I'm holier than thou and I was a good person. But really, I didn't know what the heck I was doing there. I just knew that, um, or I felt like this was the direction that I was supposed to go. I was supposed to go to church, you know? So the first time I started going to church, you guys, I couldn't even worship. Like, during praise and worship, you know, the beginning before service starts, the music's playing and everybody's singing and shouting. I cannot even lift up my hands or close my eyes and sing and praise because I was so self-conscious about looking stupid. I didn't know what it meant to glorify God's name. And I just remember going and thinking to myself, one, how in the world are these people just hollering and shouting and dancing, singing their lungs out? Like, wow, they really don't care about how they look. And two, why don't I feel the way that they do? Even though I wasn't exactly feeling the Holy Spirit, I kept going because most of the time the sermons did speak to me. You know, I would always get a little something from them, even if I didn't really have this relationship with God yet. So to me, during that beginning stage of my Christianity, going to church was more of like an inspirational conference, like a Tony Robbins conference where, you know, people are walking on hot coals and all that jazz, and he's like amping you up to change your life. I took those moments and words for what they were. And I honestly didn't work too hard to try and understand the deeper meaning behind these sermons and scriptures. You know, I would go to church, hear the inspiration, write a few notes down, say thank you, and leave right after service. Like, I would be out of there. I wouldn't stop to say hi to nobody in the hallways, you know. Um, I would say this was, like, the initial part. I would think of it, like, as the initial part of dating. You know, when you meet someone, the first time you meet someone, and you know you like them, and you guys have a good time when you're out and about, but you ain't that pressed yet, and if it ended tomorrow, you wouldn't be disappointed, you know. So... I was kind of like, eh, about it. Like, it's cool. (laughs) It's kind of funny to think about my relationship with God that way. But, you know, that's what it was. So time goes on and I ultimately end up leaving this first church that I was going to, which was like the first church in Chicago. And I'm just going to say this here. Like, to me, finding a home church, I think, was one of the hardest steps in my walk with faith. And... It's probably the most important step, I think, along this journey because it's so important to find community. I remember going to this one church in Chicago that was a millennial church, you know. um, Everybody there was good looking, they had great worship music, a young pastor. It was just, you know, the cool church. And I will never forget my experience there. The first time I randomly decided to stop by this place, it was after a workout, after I'd gone to the gym, and I was like, you know, what the hey, I've been saying I should go, so here I am, let me just go. The people were nice, you know, they said hi, but the entire sermon was basically just an informational. So that was a little weird to me, but I figured maybe I just came on a bad day, you know, so... 
I decided to come a second time. And the second time I get there, you guys, when I tell you I was so angry sitting in this service, like my blood was boiling. The entire service, the entire service, the pastor was talking about money and how we need to give it back to the church and all the programs they're doing. I mean, it sounds like a typical tithing message, right? But no, it wasn't just a give with your heart if the spirit leads you to, you know, we want you to give with joy and not out of obligation, etc. I've heard sermons center around the message of giving back that, you know, are tied to scriptures and a particular story in the Bible. But this pastor talked the whole time about what they needed the money for, what they're doing, why they need it, asking us to make sure we give back. I was livid and I was even more mad um, because I was a new Christian. Like, think about it. You're you're a new Christian trying to go to church to get filled up um, on the word and to leave inspired and feel loved. And you come to something like this. Mind you, the girl who took my number the first time I came never called me back. She actually texted me like three months later. Like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I just left her in bed. I was like, girl, bye. Nobody got time for that. So <laughs> I just wanted to share that story because... I wanted to let you guys know, like, finding a church, or here, you should find a church that really speaks to you and your soul, like, along this journey. Like, not not every church, not every cool, you know, millennial church and all that is going to be for you. Yeah, it's like all the jazz right now, and everybody wants to go to a cool young church with young pastors but at the same time like if that doesn't speak to you then it doesn't speak to you i'm actually very critical of millennial churches because i think everybody is trying to be too cool these days and you're really leaving with nothing in the end so i say all this to say when you are choosing a church it's so important for you to um actually go and by yourself not with your friends go by yourself because that's what i did go by yourself really listen to the sermons watch the people around you watch how people interact with each other watch how people greet you you know if they say they're gonna call you but they never call you um just it's a process you're not gonna find it right away i would say shop for a church because that is going to be the place that you're going to go every Sunday, multiple times a week, to get filled up with the Word of God and to experience God. So you need to choose a good one. That was a little rant, but you know. But needless, needless to say, I've had some uh, very interesting experiences when searching for a church. You know, so after that particular experience, I wasn't too fond of trying any more new churches. Um, I was still listening to sermons on YouTube, but I don't think I physically went to another church until a few months later. And this was probably at the end of 2017. I found out about a church called Willow Chicago from a friend's Instagram. And again, it looked pretty cool. It was a young church. Well, it wasn't a young church, but like a lot of young people went there. Um, So I asked my friend about it and I decided that I would try again. And lo and behold, Willow became my home church in Chicago. Um, But that's not where the magic happens, you know. It's not about just finding a church. Because even though I was beginning to go a little bit more and more in the beginning, um, I was still struggling a little bit, you know. And God knew it. Like, he was having a hard time breaking into me. 
because like I said earlier, I've always struggled with giving people all of me and letting them in and God wasn't any different. I still had this wall that was up and I was only giving him an inch every time. Like every time I would go to church, I'd be like, all right, God, here's a little bit of me. You know, I couldn't let go. I couldn't be vulnerable and I definitely was not ready to surrender to him. So even though I was going to church more, attending like weekly Bible studies for young adults and, you know, I have found this new church with new friends, I was still afraid to go all in. I knew that I wasn't in that space yet and I felt like I wanted to keep protecting myself from God, you guys. Isn't that crazy? I wanted to protect myself from God. I don't know what I was thinking. But anyways, I really felt at that time that if I allowed myself to be vulnerable and let God completely in, that I was no longer going to be in control of my emotions. And that scared me to death. Now, this is like stage two of dating, right? This is when you actually start to catch some feelings but you're too afraid to let this person in because of whatever's happened in the past you know you really like them and you keep thinking about how wonderful this would be if you guys um if you could just let down your guard um you know this man is perfect and he wants to love me so much but why can't i just do it there was a lot of internal back and forth with myself during this period um, of my walk with god and this fight was over which one of us would basically win my heart. And of course, in the end, we know that God won. Um, what's so amazing to me is that even through all of the doubt and questioning him, he was still willing to stick around and wait it out. God literally waited 26 years for me to start walking with him. He knew that I would come around and come home, but it just took me a little bit longer. You know, now, of course, I'm leaving a lot of things out that happened in my life during this time period of God chasing me and me like finally letting him love me. A lot of things that happened in my career and friendships and dating that happened um, because just because I was going to church and decided to surrender to God doesn't mean that I was an angel. You know, I still had a lot of mistakes that were being made in my life and I learned a lot of other important lessons in life outside of the spiritual bonding that happened with God but I'm leaving those details out because they're not that crucial to the story right now you know I wanted this episode to focus on God and how I finally aligned my two feet to get me to where he needed me to be and he positioned me in places and spaces I needed to be in order for me to develop this deeper relationship with him so as soon as I surrendered and me and God signed this eternal contract to living together that's where the real work began you know i had to force myself to give up control of my heart and life but church life before was simple you know i could come and go as i please i didn't really have to think deep about the choices i was making and it's so crazy to me how i look back and i always i was always so frustrated that i didn't have this relationship with god or that he wasn't answering any of my prayers but I wasn't even praying, you know, like I would just be demanding things from him whenever I was down to my last straw and then being upset with him for not doing something for someone who he doesn't know and vice versa. So it was just crazy. And one of the most important things that helped shape my walk with God was not just deciding to give my heart to him completely, but also giving my time. Now, this has been the most important 
step of this journey. Serving at church became an outlet for me to bond with God and the people in my community more. I stopped just being a fly on the wall and coming to service and slipping out. I started volunteering at the events we would host and I joined the worship team and started singing at church, you know, something I've always loved to do but never shared publicly until then. I was co-leading the children's ministry every week. You know, when I tell you guys, there is nothing like walking into a space, especially a holy space, like your church, the house of God, and so many people know your name. Every time I would come in, you know, people would hug me and like smile and people who, people just loved you and valued and appreciated you so much. And that really, really was a connection that I started to, started to have with God through serving, through people at church, you know, giving back my time and my energy and my money. And I say all of that to encourage you guys to serve and give your time. Otherwise, you are never going to get anything other than a surface level friendship with not just people at your church and your community, but also with God. You know, he doesn't want you to do this alone. It took me a while to learn that. Yes, you have him and he will always be there, but how we love other people is how we love God. And I truly believe that, you know, there's so much more I want to share with you guys about this journey. And sometimes it's really hard to try and explain the way God has changed me in my life, as I'm sure, you know, many people would also say it's like, this huge weight has been lifted off your shoulders because you used to carry the entire world on those shoulders by yourself. I knew that I needed something and someone to believe in other than myself, something bigger than myself to believe in. I needed a stronger force to release me of who I used to be and to just completely heal me. So when I moved to New York, I started searching for a new church again, you know, just like in the beginning. So I was shopping around and same thing happened, you know, like there were some churches that weren't good, some churches that were okay, but I think this time the difference with searching for a new church was that I wasn't a newbie anymore, you know, so for whatever reason, I didn't like the church. It didn't really affect my emotions towards God, like how it did in the beginning. Um, I now understood that God does not live in a place and being a Christian isn't necessarily rooted in a church. If you take away the choir and the pastor and people, a church is just a building. You know, God lives in me. He lives in all of us. So no matter where I praise him or where I go, I am always going to be connected to him. Now, I love going to church, though, because I love the experience of physically being surrounded by people who love God. And you could just feel all the energy in the room. But my point is, during this shopping around stage in New York, I realized that no church is going to be perfect. None of the churches I went to had everything I wanted or envisioned for my new home church. But what I had decided was my faith was strong enough. Sorry, I meant what I had to decide was, is my faith strong enough? And do I trust God enough that I will be happy where he places me? So what if I don't like the choice of music? You know, so what if it's always crowded? So what if the commute is long? Do you feel God when you are there? That is the important question. And if the answer is yes, then your girl is coming back every week, you know.
When I moved to New York last year, I think this was the beginning of me developing this really special relationship with God. We had already had a relationship, you know, it was growing, but I don't think it was until I came here that things really started to get deeper. And I think it was because moving to New York was such a huge test of my faith and God's power. I knew that God was opening a door for me and I wasn't going to disappoint him anymore. I was going to walk through them and I put all my trust in him. If you didn't watch my moving to New York story on my YouTube channel, it's very Vicky, so go watch it, like it and subscribe, please. But I didn't have a job or a plan when I decided to pack my bags and come to New York. You know, I just had a place to crash with my best friend. I had $300 in my bank accounts and basically a dream. You know, it's so corny, but I had a dream and a vision for my life. And I busted my behind. I was freelancing, an assistant. Um, I was working 12 to 16 hour days, hopping on the trains because I couldn't afford the $2.75 fare sometimes. You know, I was buying like dollar hamburgers and chips or not even eating sometimes. I was struggling. That whole last year was a struggle. It was probably the most uncomfortable, um, uncomfortable year that I have ever gone through but it was also one of the most amazing times of my life because I had so many great opportunities that came about and had experienced so many great things and experienced love and love and made new friends and I was just in this great space it was a draining space but also a lot of great things came out of it and this time period just taught me so much about God's faithfulness and his glory it taught me to trust him so much more and I learned how to have a real relationship with him and a real friendship before when I would pray it would just be me praying and talking to him and hoping that he hears me and then as time went on, I kind of started to hear him a little bit more and a little bit here and there. I would get signs that I just knew was him and signs that I didn't have to question. Now, I truly believe and I feel and I know that we are at this stage where it's just sometimes it's unexplainable. We're just at this like, this is like stage three, right? After... <laughs> after you get past all of the bs in in the beginning um this is stage three of a relationship where you're just so in love with somebody you love everything about them you can talk to them about anything and everything that person is your best friend and you guys are always together you know that he'll always have your back and we're at this stage where I'm literally having conversations with him. You know, sometimes I would be walking around my apartment asking questions and God is answering those questions through me. Does that make sense? Like, it honestly looks crazy if you're watching me from across the street, um, you know, through the window. I mean, if you're doing that, you might be crazy too. But <laughs> so we're just gonna be crazy together. But it seems like it seems as though you're just having a conversation with yourself, basically. But really, I'm hearing God and I know that that's God. Like he's that tiny voice inside your head or, or that feeling in the pit of your stomach. He's my conscience and 
like you know just think about going to therapy when you see a therapist your main goal is to have someone help you with the issues going on in your life and within yourself you know you're paying someone to step in and say hey this is what you need to do when really your therapist is your therapist is giving you the right tools and asking you the right questions so that you yourself can answer these questions without them having to say anything they're literally just giving you the understanding eyes you know like I think of God like my therapist. We are having a conversation because he's there with me every time I need to talk. You know, he's putting these thoughts and these questions in my mind and heart and helping me walk through, work through each and every one of them. You know, I love our relationship so much because I am free to be me in this relationship for once in my life. You know, please understand that you don't have to be perfect and to speak to God all proper, quoting Bible verses all the time. Like, I don't even know the Bible that well yet. I'm just starting to really read the word of God. But when I talk to him, I talk to God the way that I talk to all of my friends. You know, I'm still sassy. I still give him attitude. I'm able to laugh and joke with him in prayer because he knows that's who I am. And he's not trying to change me in that sense. He wants us to be amazing beautiful human beings and have the life he's designed for us but he created each and every one of us he put that sassiness in me you know he gave me my humor and sprinkled a special something in all of us so why would he ever want to take those qualities away from you god knows who you are he sees you he's always seen you he's seen everything you've been through all the hurt and pain that has happened in your life all the doors that have shut all the ones that have opened it's all been his doing it's all been him and uh, i don't even know how to explain i think i just need a moment (laughs) i'm just thinking about where i am right now and where i've been how hard things have been and back then thinking that things would never get better or that I was always going to be this way forever that I was never going to know what love felt like that I was never going to have this relationship with God that I wanted so badly but I just didn't know how to break through it has been hard you guys it's been a very long journey and i'm not even lying i'm not even exaggerating when i say that it's been internally um it's been an internal struggle more than anything god does not care about your physical appearance he doesn't care about that like humans do you know he cares about what's inside that's the most important thing that I had to work on. I had to work on my heart and my energy and just being more loving and having bigger arms so that I can hug and hold people more and show them affection the way that I've always wanted to show people affection. And I'm not perfect. I still have many, many flaws, but God is helping me work through all of those. And my life is not where I would like it to be right now, but I also know that he has a plan. He has a greater plan for me and 
He's gonna bring me all the blessings in the world and things that I couldn't have even imagined for. You know, I have such a long way to go with God, but I'm so thankful for where He's brought me right now. And I just want you guys to know that it's not an overnight success. Like, I am just about to get baptized at the end of this month after four years of walking with Him. And I'm really happy that I waited instead of jumping the gun and getting baptized right away when I decided to, you know, start this journey because I think people get baptized or they, um, you know, start this journey and they think life is going to be so simple after this. It's going to be easy. I'm going to be a totally different person. I'm going to I'm gonna be wiped of all my sins and yeah, I'm going to be great. I'm, I'm going to be a brand new person, but that's not how it works at all. You have to develop this relationship with God first. If you want to feel something different in your heart, if you want to be somebody different, you have to spend time with Him. And I've spent time with Him the last four and a half years now. I have been spending so much time with Him. And now I can finally be like, yes, I am a disciple of Jesus and I am following God and Jesus and this is my life this is going to be my life and I give myself to you fully I surrender completely whatever your will is for my life have it God I sit at your feet so (laughs) it's a lot to unpack you guys it's a lot to unpack and I just want you to know that this journey is going to take a lot of energy from you. You have to make the decision to want this as you have to make the decision with every relationship that you open or that you start. I just want to keep you guys encouraged and I just want to motivate you and let you know that it's worth it all. All the struggles, the pain, the tears. It's always going to be worth it. You just wait. You just wait until you get to the point where I'm at right now. It's beautiful. And I wouldn't trade the last four years for anything because it's brought me to where I am right now in my journey. And, you know, (sighs) that's all. I'm like sitting here smiling. If you guys couldn't tell, I'm smiling (laughs) just because I'm just so happy to share my story with you guys and I just hope it inspires you to keep going, you know? So read your Bible, say a prayer at night, talk to God when you're walking down the street. Doesn't matter how crazy you look, you know, it's whatever. Make sure that you do things that make you feel good and make you feel happy. Be around people who love you and who you love and don't waste your time and energy on anything else. I'm sending you guys lots of prayers and hugs and kisses and good energy light and joy all of that jazz and thank you so much for tuning into my very first episode here on the finally faithful podcast and we'll be back next week for another episode bye